Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. I don't want to alarm you, everybody, but we're recording. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I don't want to alarm you, but we are recording. Dude, the Sharks right now are playing Buffalo and losing 5-3 with about nine minutes left in the third period. And instead of watching the rest of this dumpster fire, yeah. we've decided to record. Yes. Because... Much better. You know, nothing like talking about your feelings when you're going through some stuff. <laughs> the Sharks are going through some stuff. They are going through some stuff, dude. They're going through some stuff. It's, uh, uh, Dude, I mean, uh, here we are. Um, almost a third of the way through the season. Right. Right. Right at a third of the season. Uh, and the Sharks have played... More games than most of the other teams in the Western Conference somehow. Mm -hmm. And they have the second worst winning percentage in hockey. Yes. Are you surprised about where the Sharks are? Or is this about what you thought would happen here? That's, That's the question, right? I did not expect this team to be good. There's lots... There are surprises. I have to say I'm a little surprised the team is this bad. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a little surprised, especially given the other major surprise of the season, which is that Eric Carlson is one of the best defensemen in the league now. Yeah, he set the record for the most points scored by a Sharks player in the month of November period. Not defenseman, Sharks yeah. player. Right, right. right? And, I mean, and Joe Thornton had a season where he scored 125 points. Yeah, I mean, Eric Carlson <laughs> is back to elite status. Let's. Right. Can you hear Mike opening his delicious beer? Yeah, I'm cracking there this it is. beer yeah. right here. Um, They're I mean, losing that, again. That is um, maybe what makes this whole thing even more bitter is that, I mean, Eric Carlson is finally the player that we hoped we were getting yes. when he came here. Finally, we're seeing this elite dominant force Clearly the best player on the team. Yes. Uh, the best creator, the best finisher. I mean, he is in and around all the things that are good that are happening. Everything else is either a mixed bag or bad. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's uh, been challenging. It's it, uh, Even, you know, that we've said, I don't mind if the Sharks are bad because long term, this is probably what's better for the franchise, I still don't believe that that's what the Sharks want to be. I think they would rather make the playoffs. Well, that's always the tension, right? With the players and the coaching staff. It's their job to be good. You can't bring, sure. in, a, you can't bring in a bunch of players and say, okay, I want you guys to be bad. I'm sure but, that happens in the NBA. But is it Matt Benning's job to be good? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oof. Yesterday, those of you who watched the Ottawa game know what I'm talking about. That about circles uh, the struggles of Matt Betting, who I'm sure is a, a lovely person. But boy, he has really struggled uh, in in a full-time role with the Sharks, not making that four-year deal look good. We got a lot of time and a long way to go, and I'm rooting for him, right? But oof, uh, some rough stuff there. Yep. 
There was a really nice uh, blunder by uh, Chichek tonight where he was backing into the zone and then just fell over and piled into Dell sort of Three Stooges style. And then Jeff Skinner just kind of skated around everybody, <laughs> skated around both of them who were laying in the crease and then just scored over them. Honestly, I, I haven't minded Chichek so far. Like, he's been the only player that's come up from the AHL, which is a separate topic here that I think we did sort of advocate for this strategy that the Sharks would not do what they've historically done, which is just continuously cycle young players in and out of the lineup looking for some sort of spark plug. They have left the young quote-unquote core alone Mm -hmm. to find their way with the Barracuda and have instead um, just brought up Dell, who this was why he was here, was to be the third right. goalie. Yeah. And a player like Chichek, who I don't think anybody viewed as a future uh building block here, but um I don't think he's embarrassed himself uh in his uh in his plug and play so far here, no. filling in for uh Shimmick and now Ferraro as they've been out injured mm-hmm. i think he's been serviceable i'd rather watch him play than scott harrington yes right? yeah um but yeah that that i guess i don't know dude we don't have to start talking about the barracuda yet right but right there's not a lot to talk about there either but which is a separate <laughs> issue but no i guess i didn't i still am wanting to see some sort of theme or personality here yeah and i don't know that i'm gonna get that at least from some of the broadcasts and you know drew's on the broadcast which i definitely enjoy she's so i'm yeah i love that he's back and you know this could be his interpretation of what's happening and it may not reflect reality but of course these guys travel with the team and they talk to the coaches and the players all the time and at least from some of the games that i've watched and drew his commentary on certain mistakes that the Sharks seem to make. And that seems to be, you know, watching the World Cup team, it seems like the difference between being a good team and being a bad team is you just make some bad mistakes, right? And the game in the Netherlands is like, okay, unmarked player in the box, that's a goal against, right? And it seems like the Sharks are kind of making those mistakes. Certainly the aforementioned goal where Chichek piled into the goalie, that, that on it... Its own is not good, but the reason that happened is because Luke Cunnan made just an absolutely ridiculous, you know, delusionally optimistic play across the offensive zone that kicked out the other way, and Jeff Skinner was basically on a, a near breakaway. So those kinds of mistakes are so bad, and and it seems like at least the way Drew is is framing these situations, it sort of seems like the coaching staff is trying to send this message, but it's not really being received. So I'm not sure what that means or if that's kind of the impression that you're getting from watching these broadcasts. But it sort of seems like the coaching staff is telling these guys not to do this stupid stuff, but they're still (laughs) doing it. You know, and I don't know what that means. It's like, is it because the players are just trying to force it? The players are, in some of these cases, they're maybe immature as players or not experienced enough. Or is this just a coaching staff failure? Who knows? I don't know. But... There definitely seems to be a miscommunication here. It seems it seems like not all everyone's pulling on the rope the same way. You know what I mean? This is the challenge, I think, when you have a veteran team that is not very good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, and that's used to being good. Like they have 
guys on this team that have been uh, have won cups, have uh, been to cup finals, have been to Western Conference finals, have been on good teams. Like you look around and you go, Lawrence has been on good teams. Uh, Sturm won a cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cutton's been on good teams, right? And of course, you know the the core of the Sharks has been on Western Conference finals and Stanley Cup finals, right? Yeah. Teams. Uh, Carlson's been to a Stanley Cup final himself, you know? So um, these guys, like you said, like they don't want to be bad. No. They want to do whatever they can to be good. They want to make the playoffs. They're not interested in this team being good in four years when Bordelow's in his prime. (laughs) They don't care about that, Yeah. right? They want to be good now. They can't possibly like the situation that they're in. The problem is they aren't good enough yeah. to make those changes on the, on their own, right? And that's the challenge. So I guess asking them to try to play more within themselves, but then when you've got guys who you're asking to do more than they probably should, you've got guys playing way out of character, right? You're yeah. asking them yeah. to do things that they probably... That's not their role on a good team. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, that's where maybe you can see some of these mistakes coming in. Dude, what do you make of the Sharks having the best PK in the league? Yeah, that's surprising considering, as we've talked about, not on air, obviously, it seems like the Sharks are making some sort of these defensive blunders, right? It seems like right now, especially with Ferraro out, you know, Jacob Megna and, uh, you know, Chichek and, you know, these guys, it's like you think, okay, they're making defensive errors and yet they have the best PK in the league. I honestly don't really understand it, to be honest. Is there some sort of systematic thing that they're doing right? I like, don't know. Help me I, understand. I know. I, I can't explain it. Okay. I wanted you to explain it. <laughs> you want me to explain it? I, I can't really explain it <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it, it is fact systems I mean, I mean maybe it's yeah. just they got the right coaching and they're sending a message at least in that area of their game well that's positive that, that's landing that's positive dude i mean you would say that that's positive you know as the sharks are are headed for an assessment here right i mean there needs to be this is the you know sort of the second big moment in Mike Greer's tenure is coming up here, right? Yeah. yeah. Where he's going to need to make a decision soon in the next, you know, six weeks, you know, what does he see the blueprint for this team in the near and far future? Right. Yeah. Is this team really just a few players away from being a playoff team? Or is this team so far away from being a playoff team that you've got to make even bigger, more wholesale structural changes. Right. And some of them you can't make, like you just can't make them. There's nowhere to go. Right. But, um, it'll be interesting to see, dude. I mean, like, do you think this team is just a couple pieces away from being a playoff contender? It's funny because I actually had this exact conversation with a friend of mine, last night and we were uh, just sort of sitting and talking hockey on our way to doing something else. And he said, yeah, you know, I've watched the games and I just think the Sharks are, 
you know, a couple pieces away. And like, that's not how I feel at all. I mean, mm-hmm. if you gave this team Austin Matthews, would they be anywhere good as good? Let's say you, you cloned Austin Matthews and you brought him to the Sharks. Would the Sharks be as good as the Maple Leafs? No, of course not. I don't think the Maple if you Leafs are the, very good, dude. So, I mean... <laughs> the, Maple Leafs are, the Maple Leafs are... In, in yeah, a, no, of course. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I mean, you know, regardless of what you think about the Maple Leafs in terms sure. of their cup aspirations, would they be as good? No. If you give them two Austin Matthews, would they be as good as the Maple Leafs? No. <laughs> I don't think they'd be good as the Maple Leafs if you became two Austin Matthews. So I don't think they're anywhere close here. And I was slightly encouraged when I saw that article, which was now months ago, that I wanted to talk about in the podcast about how they might trade Eric Carlson. I thought it was wildly optimistic to say that they could do that. But, you know, if Greer's thinking that, good on him. Everything's got to be on the table at this point. I, I don't think you can get rid of that contract. And... Certainly, the question for that particular topic would be, would the Sharks really be willing to hold on to a significant part of his salary for many, many years? And that just doesn't seem like that would make sense. It doesn't make sense either way. I'd ra- I, I guess I'd rather pay him the whole salary and have him play than pay him half the salary and have him not. Yeah, right? I, that seems to be the situation. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Unless you the return was so fantastic, right, that... You you were going to get two excellent yeah. young pieces, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you know, it'd be hard. You know, the, I guess the you know the the speculation that's been put out there from Elliot Friedman is that you know the Senators wouldn't mind having him back a reunion, huh. right, with him. Now he also said there's no pathway to a deal, here, right? Right? You know. I mean, if the senators wanted to, you know, lose their mind and say, well, you know, we'll take Eric Carlson and you hold back half his salary and we'll give you um, Stutzel and Shabbat, right? (laughs) Well, then you do it. Okay. Then you go, okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Great. Right. You know, you do it. But you don't say here, you can have Eric Carlson at his rediscovered elite status. We'll hold half the salary. And we'll take um, your version of Stephen Lawrence and a fifth. Right. Right? Right. No. Like, I mean, absolutely not. But like you said, everything's got to be on the table. By far, the most attractive piece available that the Sharks have to offer is Timo Meyer, And that's the question that they're going to have to ask themselves mm-hmm. is, do you want to pay Timo Meyer if he even wants to stay here, which we don't know the answer to that. You want to pay him eighty million to 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 be here over the next eight years? I know he's been productive, dude, but do you think he's worth that money? Yes, I think he's worth that money, just not to the sharks, mm-hmm. just not to the sharks. The sharks with Couture's contract and Hurdle's contract and Vlasic's contract and Carlson's contract, he's not worth that much money to them. I guess I still don't see, while he has been producing after a really slow start, I would tell you 100 times out of 100 that Joe Thornton was worth that money. Worth that money. Dominant. Yeah. yeah. Dominant player on, off the ice. You could see that, that this guy was a superstar, you know? I don't know that I can tell you that I feel the same way right. about Timo Meyer. 
because I feel like while he's producing, he also disappears for stretches. And I still pine for the days of that early Meyer where he was just, you know, he had like I looked at the stuff like last night that that uh, Kachuk was doing where he basically hit Benning in the face twice. Right. One time he got called for a penalty. The other time he got away with it. Right. I was like, that is such turd turkey behavior, <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, it worked. It worked and he scored, right? Yeah. You know, he yeah. just basically was like, you know, eat my shorts, basically. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I dare any of you to do anything about it. Yeah. And no one did anything about it, right? Right. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of that because that from Timo Meyer, like a little bit of that Kachuk, it's in there. Yeah. We've seen it. Yes. Like, if you can bring that part of it to the table, then I'm a little bit more interested, you know? Right. Is he going to be a worthy contributor or is he going to be a leader and an example? Right? Because right now, he's a worthy contributor. Sure. There's no, there's no disputing that. But I don't see him right now in... Maybe reasonable minds disagree. I don't see him as the guy that, like, you look at this team and you say, who's going to lead how they approach these games? Who's going to lead them to do the thing, right? The thing I do think about, I know we've talked, I've talked about on the show before, is there's this crazy Tory Mitchell story with Joe Thornton. And, like, Joe Thornton gets Tory Mitchell to go out during a game against Tampa and he's like, you need to go hit somebody and all this kind of stuff. And Tori Mitchell goes out and hits the first person he can see and it's Brad Richards. <laughs> and he wants to get Brad and he ends up fighting Brad Richards who is like a foot taller than yeah, Tori Mitchell and just yeah. gets crushed. And Joe Thornton goes, way to go, Tori. You know, and he gets kicked out of the game because he gets an instigator. He goes, way to go, Tori. We're going to win this game for you. And what, what happens? They go out and win the game for him. Right. Right. Is Meyer going to do that? Is that Meyer? Or is he just a guy who's going to score sometimes? Hopefully often. <laughs> Hopefully right. more often, right? And you pay for the... Like you said, you pay for the Joe Thornton. You pay for the guy who's driving the bus. And I don't see Meyer right now as a guy who's driving the bus right now. So that's the question, right? Is on a team that's already just completely hamstrung yes. financially, Yeah, are you going to wrap up a large portion of your future cap on a team that you know is not very good and you don't have the pieces to go out and do what Ottawa did. Now it's not completely working out for them, but you know, they went out and they acquired an Alex to right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you could add Alex to and Claude Giroux to this current sharks roster, they would certainly be better, right? Like, <laughs> sure. I mean, they would certainly be better, right? Of course, you know, if you could go out and make those kind of changes, but are you going to be able to do that? Is that is that even what the Sharks want to do? You right. know, right? I think we don't have enough information yet to know, you know, um, how close Mike Greer really thinks they are. Because I'm with you, dude. I don't think they're close. I don't think they're close. And if you sign another one of these big contracts and you sign Timo Meyer, right? Basically, what you're saying is, this is the team we want. 
Right. This is the team with the second worst winning percentage in the league, and this is the team that we want. Like, I don't see how both of those things can be in the same sentence, but if you sign Timo Meyer, that's essentially what you're saying, right? We're not expecting any of the aforementioned players to improve by a huge amount in the next few years, right? These guys are not 23. These guys are mature players now. You know, all the big contracts are mature players now. We're not expecting them to suddenly produce 50% more points or something like that. So you say, yeah, this is the team I want. And then best case, the Bordelos and the Ecklins and those guys mature into great players more than what we ever could have hoped for. How do you sign those guys three years from now right. with these contracts? How? Right. right. With right. what money are you going to be able to fit under the cap and, and give William Eklund first line winger money? You're right. not. You can't. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, that's why all signs point to Meyer being moved, you know, and I think it's, you know, the question is, it's a matter of, of timing and leverage and, you know, you, you, that's going to be Mike Greer's first big decision, right? Because the other guys that we're talking about in the core, right? Couture, unmovable. Eric Carlson, essentially unmovable. Hurdle, I don't think that's the guy that you keep yeah. because you got to have somebody that the fans love. Right. And the fans love Hurdle. You can't trade Hurdle. Right. He's the most popular player on the team. Yes, that's you true. Know? I agree with that. You know, um, so he has to stay unless he doesn't want to. How much? How much would you pay to have a bugged phone on Mike <laughs> Greer's business line? I don't need to know what he's talking to his yeah. wife about. But <laughs> like, this is some inside stuff. I mean, because you know, as a first-year GM. Some of these guys are going to really try and try and get one sure. over on him, sure. right? As as they would, as they would, as any GM would in a competitive environment. Like this is from a from a perspective of seeing how is he going to operate in this pretty important situation. Is yeah. he going to get taken advantage of by somebody? Yeah. Because um, yeah. honestly, if 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 Timo Meyer's not moved and Greer wants to move him and Timo Meyer's playing for the team in April 1, that doesn't really make Mike Greer look good either, right? Well, yeah, now you're sort of in a position that now... Yeah, now you're screwed. Well, I mean, you're not fully screwed. I mean, is Meyer unrestricted or is he restricted, right? I mean, he's restricted, I think, right? Jeez. Okay, I got to look it up. I, I, I thought he was unrestricted, but I, 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 I guess I could be mistaken. restricted, dude, but... Um, we're gonna we're gonna get the answer here in a second. If he's unrestricted, then that's you know you you've made your bet, right? You you're either then then if you don't sign him, you're uh, have completely failed, right? He's a restricted free agent, yeah. so you still would have the ability to match any offer that came his way. If someone tried to offer Sheen him, you could also still trade him, just like Calgary did, right? Calgary made a really good hockey trade, you know, mm -hmm. in order to, you know, get out of that situation that was, you know, already they observed what happened when they didn't act on their unrestricted free agent, right? Goudreau left them hanging, right? Yep. So yep. Um, there is a little bit more time here if the Sharks don't get the deal that they like, but you would imagine that... Um, a, a team that really wanted to try and put themselves over the top 
you know, he would probably be one of the best available difference makers sure. uh, to a team that's looking to try and make a cup run. You don't get yeah. a lot of 40 goal scorers on the market. That's true. That's true. But you know, his qualifying offer is not going to be chump change. I think his qualifying offer is going to be $10 million or something. Sure. I mean, I guess if you're a cup ten- contender, then you worry about that later. I guess right? so. Yeah. You're, you're looking for to get him through June and then you can either turn around and deal him again if you can't afford to keep him, right? But there's got to be... there. There's there's more than one match out there, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, how how does this work out, you know, as the Sharks are future building? Because, I mean, I'm looking at the Sharks' blue line. It is bleak right now. <laughs> it is bleak. It's bad. Um, you know, outside of Carlson... And I still believe in Mario Ferraro. Like outside of them, it is uh, not good, and not anything real good at the minor league level. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you can. The ship is uh, about to be fully sailed and sunk on Ryan Merkley. Like we are, yes, you know, not in a good spot with his development. It has not worked out. That has not been a good. <laughs> you know, pick right now. Yeah. And so I don't know what, what they need to do to try to, you know, get him jump started. but he really hasn't been a contributor anywhere. And when you look at the AHL level, dude, where we're saying it's good, they're keeping them together. The hard part is that they haven't been playing very well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is it a, is it a young team though? I well, mean, you look at this list of players and they're all 21 sure. and 22. And that's why there's zero panic here, right? Yeah. I mean, th- there's no panic except for, I think, with Merkley. And maybe that's unfair. Although, how old is he? 22. All right. I mean, maybe that still is unfair. He's got. I mean, he's basically got 18 months. You know? Right? He's that, got 18 to 24 months to become an NHL player. Sure. You know, the research shows that usually peak years are between 25 and 27. That gives him a year or two in the league. It's like he's got to he's got to get on it here. I do appreciate that the Sharks are not putting these guys on a shuttle like we talked about and just continuously, you know, continuously throwing them into the fire, mm-hmm. right? Where they're being put in positions to go get pants in Buffalo, right? Yep. Like that's not going to be good for them, right? I think it's better for them to try and find their way together at the minor league level. Now, what you want to see is some sort of progress, and there's still a ton of time here for that. But, you know, can the Sharks AHL staff, which is new, right? Yep. Develop this talent. I mean, it's a lot of faith in that coaching staff and the Sharks development staff to get that right Mm -hmm. because they can't get it wrong. (laughs) <laughs> they can't get it wrong. Yeah, it's going to be even bleaker if uh, all of none of these guys pan out, right? Yeah. Uh, I do want to go to the... I still haven't seen a Barracuda yeah, game at would, the new arena. Yeah. I really want to go. I would like to go too, dude. Can we um, make it happen, dude? Yeah, I think we can make it. We can make anything happen. Dude. Yeah, we, we found a, We found our way back into the recording system. Somehow. We, we can certainly go to a Barracuda game. Yeah, we can. I mean, I we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I'd be more excited <laughs> yeah. to watch that game than I am to go. I haven't been to the tank. I haven't been to the tank this, this year. year. I, I haven't, haven't been, been either. And I have watched almost every game. I, I have. And I, I sometimes... It's hard. 
especially yeah. when you Some know these games are a little brutal. Yeah, you you go okay, like they they played well in Montreal, right? Yep, they played about as good as they could play against Toronto until it fell apart, mm-hmm. right? They had to play a perfect game to stay in it, and they really did a good job until it fell apart, right? And yeah, then, the go ahead goal was like five minutes left in the third or something. Like, I mean, they, they were, held with them. They were there, right? In the Ottawa game, they were up two one. There was an incredible, you know, sequence between Meyer Hurdle and Carlson. It was beautiful. Oh, that tic tac toe yeah, play on the power play. It was so great. That was awesome. It was awesome. And then they completely fell apart. Yeah. Right. And then tonight, like that, like they. On the second game of a back-to-back, they lose in Buffalo, who they're not good. No, Buffalo is not they, good. They lose six to three, right? They're so, bad. You Buffalo's know, bad. Like, and they've been playing better lately, but but you know, still, like that's that's tough. Like that's tough. Where you go, you know, all night last night in the Ottawa game, Drew's talking about. How close the Sharks were in the Toronto game. I was like, gosh, it's so sad that this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So close. They almost won. Right? But and that's didn't. that's where we are. Dude, you know? here's another positive. I think everyone can agree. The new retro jerseys, awesome. Yeah, very good. Awesome jerseys. Very good. Very good I think too. are you gonna get one? Yes. I think I'm gonna get one too. I really I'm not going to get any number. I'm not going to get a player's name on no, the back, though. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. There's, there's a, a, although, you know what, dude? I'm tempted, and it would put the jinx on him, but I do want a Strossman jersey. <laughs> I just, I want him to be the future goalie of the Sharks. I, I do, too. I love to have a little Strossman, dude. Just having a man. I just like his story. Just a man I, jersey. Yeah, I, I like his story, but just, yeah, just having a man. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man, Strossman. Like, you, you, uh, like as a as a fan, dude. It's too easy. Yeah, it's yeah. too easy. Yeah. You know, uh you you're you're like, I'm an adult male, almost fifty. Man <laughs> <laughs> What are we, fourteen now? Strauss, yeah. Man. Strauss man. man. Yeah, dude. Oh man, it's true. It's true. But I am gonna get that jersey. That's the that's the most po- that might be the most positive thing for the Sharks this year. It might be. Yeah. It might be. Everyone agrees. Those are the good jerseys. I think, you know, dude, I still would like to see the Sharks just somehow develop some sort of personality. Like, I think I'm still, and I don't know that it's possible based on who they have as their core, because I wouldn't say that they have a lot of personality, right? Yeah. Um, Well, to be honest, I think the most personality the Sharks have right now is hurt. Nico Sturm and Mario Ferraro. I was going to say, yes. I mean, Nico Sturm, when he was out there, I felt like he was sort of, you know, the heartbeat of the team, right? Ironic. The mm-hmm. guy just got here, right? And, you know, I don't know. Like, a Nico Sturm doesn't carry a, a, a ton of leverage here. But if you're a guy like that, I guess he probably knew what he was signing up for when he got three years, yeah, right? Yeah, And that's exactly the kind of guy you want around. Um but you know he's been out. I think he has a concussion. So yeah, because that that hit that the sharks didn't respond to. Yeah, and that's you know. Uh, sorry, dude. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that's just a whole other thing here, right? Yeah. That you again. If you're gonna be bad, you might as well be bad and stick up for each other. But this is <laughs> right, 
And this has been a long-term problem with this team for years. It goes back all the way, you know, Mm -hmm. for as long as we've done this podcast, this has been a problem with the Sharks teams, right? They don't have that temperament. Like they just don't. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, it is an issue, you know? And, um, except when we had Rafi Torres. Right. I mean, well, even Rafi Torres wasn't going to go out there. I mean, like you were just you were afraid that he might be the one who was going to you know take out your knee, yeah, right? And I they mean, get but forty like, games suspension. Right. Oh yeah. You know, but um, yeah. I mean, there was that fear factor, and the Sharks have had players like that in the past, right? That's what you love, like a guy like a Scott Thornton, right, or like a Ryan Clo. Like mm-hmm. there, there were elements of that on the team, and the Sharks. Don't play Jonah Gajevich enough to make that. Right. You know, and I just, you know, they've completely given up on the Jeffrey VL, who I, I still, I like him yeah. as a player. Yeah. Right. Um, but they don't, you know, they, they don't enough to the point where he was on waivers and he's not part of the team right now. He's at the AHL level. I would like, I hope that Mike Greer, you know, finds a way to try and bring that responsiveness to this roster because like, again, you see stuff like that happen. You go, come on. Yeah. You know, like, come on. You, it's not even necessarily that you have to go out there and pound somebody. Right. But like when it happened to Joe Pavelski, they pounded the Knights in a different way. Right. 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 They basically were like, you're going to do that. Well, look what's going to happen. Check mm-hmm. it out. Right. Yeah. And they don't do either. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, you know, dude, back back when you got sandwiched in Mormon League basketball. That's right. Dude. I do remember that. I, Who I, came to my rescue? That's right. I got, a, I got a Mormon League basketball technical. You got teed up in the Mormon <laughs> League. Man, I was such a good basketball player. You were good, dude. You were the... No, uh, I was not. Dude, you, you had elbows and you could rebound. I'm the worst basketball player dude, ever. Dude, we had a the good time. The worst. We did have a good time, though. We, we were just happy to be there. <laughs> we were good. Yes, there were only a few non-Mormons allowed on the roster, and we were there. We were there. <laughs> it's hard to explain. I don't know if anybody even knows what we're talking about. but um, I'm sure Taft is listening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, dude, it's great to see you here. It's dude, great to be back in the studio. Very good. I'd love to get a Barracuda game on the calendar. Let's try and do it. Let's do it. I want to go to the new arena. Send us uh, your recommendations. Uh and thoughts. I, I appreciate those of you who have reached out to us through email or even just on the comment threads on the on the webpage. I appreciate that. We are doing okay. It's just <laughs> as always, uh, life intervenes, but we're we're still here. Yeah, we're still here, dude, and uh, we look forward to recording again in February. And uh, <laughs> that's right. We're we gonna keep everybody... this keep this tempo up very consistent. No, dude, we're gonna try. To, well, we'll 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 get it going. We'll get it going a little bit more on the regular. We'll take our uh, podcasting Metamucil and get a little more regular for everybody. I'd like that. Dude, sharks. Hey, the show. Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.